Hi, I'm Nicole Goodman. And I'm Lauren Mishcon. The advice for self-care today is endless and can be yet another overwhelming job for women. Every episode, we trial a different self-care practice, live it to the letter for a week and report back to you on the results. Will it actually improve your well-being or will it be another waste of your time? We test out self-care so you don't have to. Welcome to Self-Care Club, wellness road tested. Hey, Nicole. Hello. Do you know that this week the podcast is quite literally music to my ears? Why's that? From chilling to Chopin, mood lifting with Mozart and relaxing to Rachmaninoff, get your headphones on because this week... <laughs> Rach, Rach who? Rachmaninoff. <laughs> get your headphones on, Nicole. This week we are testing out self-care using classical music. I'm Nicole Goodman. And I'm Lauren Mishcon, and this is Self-Care Club Wellness Road Tested. A daily dose of classical music change your life. It sounds like an impossibly grand claim, but after a full year of still struggling through the seemingly endless days and nights of the lockdown, it's arguably the perfect time to dive into a new sonic soundscape of self-care. Humans are music-making species. We are also a music-exchanging species. Long before lovesick teenagers started making mixtapes for each other or digital streaming services enabled us to swap favorite tracks, we were communicating and connecting through music. Virtually all cultures from the most primitive to the most advanced make music. Whether we are in tune or tone deaf, we all sing and hum, clap and sway and dance, including Lauren. You like a little sing song, don't you? Oh, I do. You've even given us a self-care album. It's on its way. It's totes on its way. We evolved as humans by coming together around the fire after a long day's hunter-gathering, singing and telling stories through song. It is an impulse that is still fundamental to who we are, yet our own modern lives are frazzled and hectic. Who has the luxury of making time each day to actively listen to a particular piece of music? Perhaps, though, we have never needed more urgently the emotional space that music, and classical music in particular, can provide. Scientific research is increasingly proving that regular acts of self-care can have untold benefits on our mental health and well-being. Some take a lot of time and effort, but we believe that anybody has the ability and self-discipline to take a few minutes each day to stick on some headphones, listen to a single piece of music and be transformed. When you convert your listening habits into a conscious daily ritual, you can change your mood and feel less anxious almost immediately. Waking up, getting on the tube, going for a walk and pressing play instead of automatically being sucked into a social media scroll hole can be very stabilizing and you could benefit in a meaningful way from this small but powerful act of soul maintenance. That is so nice. I love that. Soul maintenance. Soul maintenance. But Nicole, there are actual benefits of listening to classical music. Do you want to hit us up with them? There are loads. There's 10 to be precise and probably more. Who knows? Number one, it decreases your blood pressure. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Number two, it boosts memory. Did you know, Lauren, that listening to Mm -hmm. Mozart can actually help improve your memory. According to a study, people who listen to Mozart's music showed an increase in brainwave activity that's linked directly to memory. My memory is shocker dicker, as my mother would say. Do you know what that means? That's the Yiddish for the week. <laughs> of course I do. Loving it, shocker dicker. Um, people don't know what shocker dicker means. What does it mean? Shocking, terrible, dreadful, awful. Yeah, there you go. So we've both got shocker dicker memories. Did you ever have 
the cot mobile above your baby's cots that played baby Mo- baby Mo- Mozart. Tiny love. Tiny love. I was having this conversation with my sister-in-law the other day and I said, I swear it played Mozart, Bach and Beethoven. And you pressed a different one depending on the day. And it was supposed yes. to... Yes. Yes, it yes. did. Yeah. It did. And I also had one that sat on the car seat as well, a little mini one. Did you have that? Yes, I had that one too. Yes. Tiny love. Well done. I mean, I literally couldn't be without it. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Oh, so maybe my memory isn't so bad. There you go. And also our, our children's memories are going to be wonderful because we've been playing the Mozart from day one. Well, that's funny because when I ask them to get into a sh- in the shower, they don't seem to remember it three minutes later when I ask them again. <laughs> so maybe not. <laughs> okay, so there's many more benefits. Listening to classical music will help put you into more of a creative mindset so it can spark creativity. Next time you need to brainstorm, Lauren, try listening to some Bach to get your mind thinking outside the box. It also reduces stress levels. A study mm-hmm. found that pregnant women who listen to classical music were less likely to feel stress throughout their pregnancy. I mean, that Good is just... Know unbelievable it's supercharges brain power french researchers found that students mm-hmm. who listened to a lecture in which classical music was played in the background scored better on a test compared to other students that's i mean hmm. it, it's just endless number six it helps relieve and fight anxiety and depression as some classical music tempo is similar to the human heartbeat it puts you to sleep so it mm-hmm. aids your sleep we've spoken about sleep on the show a lot haven't we listening to classical music for just 45 minutes prior to bedtime can help improve your absolute your actual sleep quality which we also call sleep hygiene mm-hmm. on the show number eight it relieves pain not sure how it does that, but it can. Yeah, we'll talk about it on the epilogue show, but there's loads of research about how people who'd had operations um, or who were having procedures done under sedation, when they played classical music, they actually needed less pain killers and they felt much more relaxed. And also, so did the surgeons. They took the blood I oh know. My God. They took the blood pressure of all these patients having all these procedures and they found the ones that they were playing classical music to, their blood pressure was lowered and they were calmer and they needed less painkillers. And yeah, it was very interesting. That is incredible. Yeah. So there's two more here as well. Yeah. It makes you happy. Yeah. Listening to classical music can help increase dopamine secretion, which activates the brain's reward and pleasure center. Mm-hmm. And if that was not enough, it improves productivity. If you can't seem to get your shit together on a Monday morning, just why don't you try listening to a piece of classical music? A series of studies have proven that music makes repetitive tasks more enjoyable. So Hmm. they are all the benefits. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, they they are some pretty big claims, right? They are. Yeah, they are. But as neither of us are classical music experts, to help us with this week, we asked classical composer and conductor Ben Palmer onto the show. Ben Palmer is Artistic Director of Covent Garden Sinfonia and Chief Conductor of the Dutch Philharmonic Merck in Darmstadt. He is one of Europe's foremost specialists in conducting live to film and is personally authorised by John Williams to conduct his scores live to picture. He works regularly with the BBC orchestras, the Halle and the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra and often appears at the Royal Albert Hall. As a composer, he's written for clients including Fitbit, the Fitbit Stress Symphony and has been seen more than 7.5 million times on YouTube. You can follow him on Instagram, on Twitter and Facebook at Conductor Ben. And this is what Ben had to say. 
Hi, Ben. Welcome to Self Care Club. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me on. It's lovely to see you both. And thank you so much for our curated playlist. Well, it's a great pleasure. Um, it was good, good fun. My, my wife, Moena, um, and I had a, had a lot of fun uh, trying to decide what what to put on it. What we what we and it was kind of sort of quite interesting to see the things that we agreed on, the things that we disagreed on. Yeah. Do you think, in your opinion, that classical music can be used for self care? Absolutely, without doubt. I think one of the things that I've realised throughout all the time that I've been working in music and conducting, especially, is that an audience or a listener will have an an emotive response, Mm. whatever the music is. And I mean, it's one of the things that I find quite sad about music is, you know, after a concert, someone will come up to me and say, I'm not a musician, but, and I'll say, I'm so sorry, I'm just going to stop you there. Just take away the disclaimer at the start of the sentence and say what you were going to say. And they say, oh, okay, well, I thought that Tchaikovsky Symphony was incredibly exciting or emotional, dramatic, and say, great, that is the only response that you need. And I think we all know from films that we love or TV series that we watch or music that we hear on the the radio that we do have emotive responses to music and that music can make you feel excited, it can make you feel calmer, um, it can help you have a kind of sense of mindfulness. There are you know, there is there is essentially classical music for any occasion. And it's just a case really of your listeners kind of going out and, and exploring a little bit to find the music that will help them. Have you been told about any other stories about how a piece of music has affected someone very positively or had a massive impact on them? Is that something that you come across quite often? Well, one good story I will tell you is, uh, I think in autumn of 2018, I was conducting the UK 25th anniversary tour of Jurassic Park. So we we show the film on a massive screen uh, and then we play the soundtrack live. And I had a tweet from somebody uh, after one of the shows, I can't remember if it was in Manchester or something or Birmingham, uh, saying that, you know, in the bit where you first see the, the big dinosaur and there's the exactly exactly no no thanks for that Lauren <laughs> <laughs> that a guy proposed to his girlfriend a guy proposed to his girlfriend a guy oh. proposed, to his, proposed to his girlfriend oh. and she said yes um, oh. and obviously everyone sort of around knew what was going on I think he sort of sort of got down on one knee and things um, and someone asked them about it in the interval and they just said oh we just we just love this music it's just the most and 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 it is quite astonishing I mean actually that's one of the reasons why I love doing this film with orchestra shows is because the the audience is much more relaxed than they might be in a in a in a sort of normal classical concert and people don't feel at all inhibited about uh cheering if you know say like an ET when the bike takes off and you suddenly get and and everyone will clap it's really exciting because Mm -hmm. people are having a really kind of visceral reaction to to the music yes Um, but I mean I, I I know from concerts that I've been in that there have been I mean I always fall asleep in the slow movement of Chopin piano concertos, actually mostly because I find them boring, not because I find them particularly relaxing. But there is music that is designed to relax um, a listener. Um, there's also music that can kind of basically get your heart racing. And I mean, you know, that when you get to the end of something like, I don't know, Rachmaninoff's Second Symphony or Tchaikovsky's Fifth or something, you know, it's, it's one of these huge, exciting kind of bang crash endings with lots of brass and cymbals and all this kind of thing. Um, the, the reaction, you know, it's sort of like a like a football game, you know, people just like a huge roar at the end because there's this there's this, yeah. all this yeah. energy that's 
built up during this 35, 40, 50 minute piece, which is then unleashed at the end. And, and I think that's really, that's the power of music is that it is the best composers have a way of making us feel certain things. And it's very easy for me to get very yeah. nerdy and I could explain to you why we're made to feel those things in sort of technical ways, but that's pretty, pretty um, boring. It's actually just much more interesting to let people have a, a sort of emotional response to the music as it is and not think too deeply oh, about it. I love it. that. Mm. And do you think that classical music itself is more powerful in terms of uh, that visceral reaction than other music? Or do you think it's just very personal on someone's taste, what they prefer to listen to? I think it is extremely personal. And I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't say that classical music is better uh, at, at doing any anything than than other types of music. However, what I will say about classical music is that it is constructed in a not necessarily more complicated way or more subtle way but well potentially more complicated and more subtle way than, than than other music i mean for instance pop songs jazz not all pop songs and not all jazz it tends to be quite formulaic you know there's a there's there are sort of standard structures you know you have verses and choruses and yeah. middle eights and all this kind of thing mm-hmm. um whereas classical music is designed a bit more you know, it's, it's a bit more like architecture or like painting, you know, you, you get really taken on a journey. And of course, there are pop albums and, and, and jazz albums that do that throughout the span of an album. Um, but because generally classical music tends to work in bigger structures, you know, it's not just a three minute piece. It might be something that lasts, you know, 20 minutes or an hour or four hours or, you know, there, there are some really, really long pieces. And those are all designed to take the listener on a journey if that's, you know, an opera or a ballet or a film score, there is literally an actual narrative usually. But even with just completely abstract piece of classical music, like some of the ones in this playlist or like symphonies, um, it, it is just a journey through music. Um, but you will feel highs and you'll feel lows and you'll feel excitement and you can feel pathos mm. and whatever, whatever it is. So I do think that inherently classical music has evolved to be very, very subtle. And of course, everybody has different reactions to it, but it's also quite amazing to be in a concert hall with 2,000 people and for almost all of them to have that same reaction. That is the sort of power of it. I think also, um, just to say one other thing, that music with words, um, music, you know, pop pop songs that have lyrics, your brain, one's brain tends to kind of hone in on those and the meaning of the yeah. song yes. becomes very, very attached to the meaning of the words, because of course that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yes. Music, because, you know, orchestral music or instrumental music, because it's potentially more abstract. You and of course there's lots of classical music which has singing in it, which has words, which has a sort of meaning attached to it. But instrumental or orchestral music without any words um, leaves a lot more room for the listener to put their own take on things and it's quite interesting for instance watching different conductors rehearsing uh orchestras sometimes we use analogies or you know we say this makes me think of such and such and it's really fascinating you could see two or three different conductors rehearsing the same piece and they might draw on completely different imagery to help bring the orchestra towards their vision of the piece and 100 people listening would probably have 100 different reactions different responses that's what's so sort of amazing about it so as i said i I think it's just a case of people 
being brave enough yes. to listen to some music that they don't know and and to not worry if it doesn't move them there's no i mean there's there's a lot of music by some very uh i mean i mentioned chopin you know there's some some composers that just don't really do it for me but there are some composers i just love that other people don't like it's all good music it just you know it's like paintings yeah. we if we go to an art gallery we feel quite okay about walking up to one painting and say oh i love that that's really interesting that's and then the next thing say no but somehow with music we tend to feel a little bit guilty if we don't like something or if it doesn't move us um but i th- i think that's that's it's really important actually just just to allow yourself to have any response that that you feel that's genuine to you yeah gorgeous i love that me too ben what do you do for your own self-care this is a question we ask all of our guests the, the, the thing that I've been doing actually only since the beginning of 2021 um, is uh, writing in this uh, sort of journal thing. It's a very nice uh, long-term thing. I, I, I run my entire I, I run I run my entire life in in bullet journals of various various descriptions. So every day, uh, without fail, uh, I just write a, a few a few lines about that day, and it ranges from the really mundane stuff of what time I woke up and what my son had for breakfast and, you know, childcare work in this order, whatever, to how I'm feeling, conversations I had. And it's something I've never, ever done before. Uh, I've, I've always had, obviously, a diary, but that was just a diary for, uh, you know, keeping track of where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> but in the absence of having any need to particularly be anywhere at this time, I thought it might be quite useful mm. to try and keep track of my mental health a bit better and I suppose just have a record and it's and it's one of these ones where you go all the way through the book writing a little bit every every day and then you get to the end of the book which is the end of the year and then you go back to the start of the book and write in the next year down underneath so you can see what you were doing on the on the, on the oh. previous day it's called some lines okay. a day oh that's brilliant yeah, That's and, and cool. some, sometimes it's been a bit of a challenge to sort of make myself do it, and occasionally I've had to catch up a day or two later. Um, but I've found that has helped a great deal with, I suppose, deciding how I feel, you know, um, and actually deciding that that really was a catastrophic day or actually on reflection, it's been quite a nice day and now I've sat down and thought about it, I feel rather better. I love that you use the word Thank deciding you. how I feel. I think that's very powerful because we do get to choose, we do get to decide. We don't just have to take the first feeling that comes into us. So thank you for that. At the university, I had a friend who um, we always jokingly used to say, you know, how are you? Out of 10? And we, and we had this thing of out of 10. And then after a while, we decided that out of 10 was a bit too sort of vacuous. And so we decided on out of two. <laughs> okay. So you were either zero, one or two. Okay. <clears throat> and actually, that's, that's, that's a little bit how I feel about my bullet journal. You can't be 1.5. You have to be either zero, one or two. Yeah. And if you've, at the end of the day, you decide that you're zero, that's, that's really quite bad. And you probably need to, you know, sit down and have a think about how you can improve things. If it's a one which, you know, might mean that things are really bad, but on balance, you're going to round it up. Or things have been pretty good, but, you know, a few not so nice things have happened, so on balance, you're going to round it. One's kind of okay. And if you can round your day up to two, that's a pretty fantastic feeling. So I, I, I've sort of always, I suppose, you now I think about it, been quite a fan of 
actually deciding how I feel because it helps me to process a little bit, you know, what, what's coming next. I, I guess. like that. Love it. Thank you, Ben. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for your it's such a pleasure. wisdom. Thank you for giving us our week's practice. It's It's been joyous. It has. Well, I really, really hope that um, it's helpful for people. It's lovely to, to, to speak to you both about it. And as I said, I just really encourage people to just, you know, listen to some different playlists, listen to listen to Radio 3, listen to Classic FM, write down the names of composers you like or pieces you like. And you can always find ways of, you know, generating more playlists or finding other pieces by the same composer, by the same artist, that sorts of things, things that have the same kind of feeling. Um, but above all, just don't feel bad if you if you're not moved by the music, that's fine. Just move on. And yes. There's loads of it. There's yes. more music than you could ever listen to in 10 lifetimes. There is. Um, so just find the stuff that works to you. Gorgeous. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by Horizon Studios. If you're travelling this year and looking for high quality, sustainable and beautifully designed luggage, then look no further than Horizon Studios, who've launched two new ranges. The RE series, the world's most sustainable 97% recycled luggage, and now the revolutionary Air series, the world's lightest high-end suitcase. If you have airport anxiety, worrying about the weight of your case when it goes on those scales, then the Air Series is for you and it is definitely for me. The Air Series pushes the boundaries of travel. Each detail is designed and engineered to combine an ultralight and durable product. It's significantly lighter than regular suitcases, thank goodness Lauren, that is brilliant. And it comes with a lifetime warranty because the most sustainable suitcase is the one that you only buy once. We used the cases to go to Paris and Wales last year, and as chronic overpackers, we could still wheel them around with ease. We could. Ultra light and compact, the Air Series is made from a premium polycarbonate hard shell with reduced thickness and a recycled lining. It's 100% vegan and produced in a way that is 99% waste-free, blending design and function seamlessly. So, Nicole, you can pack those extra five pairs of shoes with no stress. The entire range is available on the Horizon Studios website and in all leading department stores. Just go to www.horizon-studios.com. Horizon Studios. Let's go further. This week at Sukarnov. Over on Clash of the Titles, the gang are counting down to the Oscars with a special month of Best Picture Clashes. Rocky won the Oscar that year. Do you guys think it was a deserving winner that year or do you think something else should have won? I think Taxi Driver should have won. I am with you, Vicky. My heart says Rocky. Rocky's one of my favourite films of all time. I don't like yeah. watching Taxi Driver, but it is... No. It is... <laughs> That's true. It is amazing. And That's something so true. No one's ever like, oh, do you want a Bosch Taxi Driver? <laughs> Or if that doesn't tickle your fancy, and why wouldn't it, check out the Book Club on Football Ramble Presents, where former footballer Ricky Hill discusses the highs and lows of his storied career. My schoolmaster came in after us and said, oh, you know, you've been invited, three of you have been invited for trials up at Luton. And I initially, oh, my feeling. thoughts were, where, where is Luton? I, I had no idea. <laughs> and, I, and I said, well, I'm not going. Um, <laughs> All that and a whole lot more. I think that I know what most of you are all thinking right now listening to this. Lauren, Nicole, this sounds great. I do not know anything about classical music. It's not for me. I don't even know where to start. I don't know what to listen to. Stop stressing. 
self-care clubbers. It is for you. <laughs> self-care clubbers. I love that. I love that. I love it. Don't stress. Classical music is for you and we are going to help. Classical music is an art form that for many complex reasons is often perceived to be only for a small section of the most elite in society, sort of like an exclusive party to which few are invited. This is painfully ironic because the work itself is among the most emotionally direct that we have. So the question of where should I start is actually quite critical. As with practically every other industry, technology has disrupted the music industry in both positive and negative ways. The rise of streaming platforms such as Spotify and Apple Music has blown open the door to that party in the most democratic way. What many of us now have access to at our fingertips would have been unimaginable even 10 years ago. Anyone with a half-decent internet connection can explore a whole musical universe, and yet the sheer volume of what's now available for free at the click of a button can be daunting, if not paralyzing. But we are going to go through what we have listened to, and we've got the advice, haven't we, from yes. the lovely Ben, and we are going to talk you through it. So do not worry. So should we just have a quick chat about when the best time to listen is? When's the ideal time to listen to classical music? Well, the answer is anytime you want, basically. You can listen on your commute. If you're going back to one soon, listen on a walk, have it on in the background while you make your kids breakfast or do the school run. I put it on when I'm doing the washing because I have to do anything to make that more pleasurable. Mm-hmm. Um, make it your soundtrack to pouring a drink, cooking dinner, putting your feet up to, to read. Doesn't It really doesn't matter. Whatever it is that you need, just Put it on and enjoy it. Classical music can and probably will complement anything. So for Nicole and I's practice this week, we asked Ben to curate a classical playlist for us. And it was a very precise request. So we wanted music to help us with the following five moods, if you like, uh, to energize us, to calm us, to sleep to, to elevate our mood and to help with anxiety and overwhelm. So he, along with his wife, Morwenna, who is a professional cellist, handpicked a selection of pieces specifically to fit these themes for us to listen to for our week. They included pieces by Bach, Max Richter, Ravel, John Adams, and we used these to listen to as we went about our week. And at Self Care Club, we consider every one of you, our listeners, a member of the club. So we're going to put a link in the show notes to this very special playlist for you to be able to use as well yeah and we're gonna have it uh it's gonna be very clear as to what each piece was for yes and we tried to do it when we had a discussion about how we're gonna do the week's practice we tried to cover everything in terms of what people might need for their self-care yes yes that was the plan how did you feel going into the week lauren to be really honest with you no lie to me lie to me (laughs) lie to you um i felt quite neutral like we had this week in our calendar for quite a long time and it wasn't filling me with huge excitement because I was worried I wouldn't get a lot out of it you know I don't know how did you feel well it felt a bit dry didn't it yeah as a practice yeah but it is important music is an enormous part of joy and pleasure and in turn that can look after you in its own special way. Yeah. So just like Ben said, really, how did I feel? I felt a bit, yeah, okay. Mm. Actually, I felt a bit like, oh, nice. This is going to be an easy Mm. week. All I've got to do is listen to some Mm. music. Yeah. Have you ever tried this before, this particular practice? 
I've never tried it for self-care, but of course I've listened to classical music before. Yes. I often Mm. sit down when I can't concentrate and I've got to write Mm. something. I often put classical music on in my ears and it helps me focus more. Okay. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Are you musical? Have you ever played an instrument? I used to play the piano. But my piano teacher at school used to eat his lunch and burp over my shoulder. So I was a little bit... <laughs> True story. Swear to God. You ask my dad every time we talk about me playing the piano. He's like, what was it the piano teacher used to do? Um, and it really made me feel quite sick and put me off. Okay. Am I musical? I love music. I am... I'm always listening to music. I, I, can, I can hold a tune. But mm-hmm. I, I'm not like, oh, I can pick up a clarinet and I'll just play it. No, not, okay. not at all. Are you musical? Okay. Well, we kind of know um, that you're not musical, don't we? I mean, that is so rude, Nicole. You've heard my... <laughs> <laughs> you said it! No, it's you sing it. No, come round to your house and you start playing the guitar. And I thought, oh my God, she's awful. You, have, you are a self-confessed bad singer. They are your words, not mine. Oh, wow. You don't enjoy my songs. I'll stop. <laughs> I actually do. I think I'm the only one, but I really you, do. I think you are the literally the only <laughs> one. Um, I actually played the flute till I was about 15. See, that's an interesting choice of instrument. Why the flute? I just loved it. And also my parents wouldn't let me play the violin because they hated the sound of it. So that was that. Was that. And I don't think they wanted a piano in the house, so the flute it was. Um, <laughs> and I also had a boyfriend who was a violinist and a pianist. He is actually now a professional musician, and he had a really musical family. So I did spend a lot of time at their house, and they would actually like accompany each other you know, playing and there were a lot of concerts, literally, yes. And there were a lot of concerts. So I attended a lot of classical concerts and did a lot of listening. So I think like somewhere in me, there's quite a lot of- Oh my God, who was this guy? Like when I was, how old were you when you went out with him? Oh, like 15, 16. But I think there was some dormant that, that's knowledge impressive. in there. I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to tell you about my first boyfriend. I don't want to go further into that. But he, you know, a musician was just just one part of who he was. Um, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> classical music. This whole thing is like a bit like a muscle that I haven't used in a really long time. If that makes sense, like it's you know there's knowledge you haven't got your flute out for a while haven't haven't got my flute out (laughs) let me ask you a question when when each of your boys come home with the recorder which they usually do in what round about (laughs) year two do you get on there and start belting out london's burning very easily and three blind mice (laughs) yes i do forgot about three blind mice i'm so annoyed i didn't get that joke in first i knock it out of the park every time so how long did you play the flute for about five years five years can you play anything other than three blind mice oh on the flute yes i could play all sorts i got to up to my grade something or other grade three grade four have you still got the flute i haven't still got the Mm. flute i would i imagined it on a silver tray in your house <laughs> no, you don't keep a flute on a tray, Nicole. You keep a flute in a velvet box that is specially for flutes. You detach all the parts and you put it in the box with all the oh, bits. Do you? Yes. Oh, right. Yeah, it's right. not like one long can, box, it's I like can see three you parts. Playing the flute. I can, I can see you on a flute. 
I, I really okay. can. <laughs> I yeah. think we better stop this conversation <laughs> before it goes to bad places, Nicole. <laughs> so, so you're a bit of a classical music newbie. Is that fair to say, or not really? Or I mean, we've both been around it, haven't we, all our lives? I feel like it. I feel like it's something I kind of was into and vaguely knew stuff about, and then just forgot about for a really, really long yeah. time. And also, we've had this conversation before. I actually don't like to listen to music as in if I'm doing something like I'm cooking or I'm reading or I'm typing I really or sleeping I like silence um I'm not I'm not I don't like any noise at all the only time I kind of put it on is when I'm in the car and when I'm in the car I kind of do like music with lyrics as Ben said I'm really into the lyrics and the words more than the music so me too yeah me too but I always I always have either music or a podcast on Always. Interesting. Well, I'm dying to hear about your week because we have not said one word to each other about this practice, have we? Not a single text message has been exchanged about this week. It was, it was lovely. Let me start with a voice note. It's the first day of classical music week. As you can hear, it's lovely. I am standing in my kitchen, baking banana bread, listening to classical music. This is the mood elevator and I am feeling great. Just call me Snow White. Honestly, I literally felt like I had walked out of a Disney film. I put on this piece of music (laughs) in my kitchen and I put it on really loud and I saw old mouldy bananas and I thought, I'm going to bake something. And I sat there in my kitchen baking banana bread with this Mm. beautiful piece of music on and it was, there was no one there. Kids were at school, husband at the office. There was no one there. It was like this celebratory, beautiful moment. And that piece of music that Ben had recommended was stunning. It was, I mean, it made me bake, Lauren. Wow. Wow. Amazing. So that was, it was, that was a Bach, that was, was a it? Bach piece. I, the, the I elevating, could not just tell so you what know. piece I was listening to when. Yes. Just so you know. <laughs> so... Thank God you are organised in that sense and you can bring that to the partnership because I didn't have a fucking clue. Right. The second one, all I knew was, listen, I'm a coach. It's about how I feel, how I'm responding, what the impact is. That's all I really care about. So then I wanted to get my kids involved in the week. So let me just give you a bit of context. In the car, because now we do the school run, um, we... We have a deal like if someone's in the front, mm. the one in the back is the DJ and vice versa, right? So so they get so that or if they're both okay. in the back Fair enough. and depending on who's yeah. being dropped first at school because they go to different schools, the one who's first gets to decide the music and then obviously the second one gets the music. So being DJ in the car is 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 a lot of leverage okay. in our house. It's a lot of conversation. And we take it quite seriously. So when I, I obviously don't often get a look in. Occasionally okay. I'll say, oh, can you put on this song? And they very begrudgingly do. So for me to take over and say, right, we're listening to classical music now, that wasn't going to go so well. So mm-hmm. we'll listen to the voice note. So I've just had a bit of an argument with my 10-year-old before we left the house to do the school run. She was irritated I was irritated 
And so I thought, oh, this is a good opportunity to put on some classical music, which irritated her even further because she likes to choose the music in the morning. Anyway, I put on the mood elevator because I thought, I wonder what happens here. She was very quiet. She didn't say anything, which is, I think, a step in the right direction because normally she'd just be screaming and moaning and trying to get her point across. Um, she did get out the car and not give me a kiss goodbyes. That wasn't great. So her mood didn't elevate as much as I would have liked it to have done. Um, and did it elevate my mood? Well, I feel calmer than I did when we were irritated. So I would say that it has done its job. I'm now going to be in the car on my own and listen to some calming music. To say I was upset after this row would have been an understatement. She walked out. Normally what she does mm. is she gets out the front seat and she walks around the side. Mm. I open the window. She gives me a kiss. Off she goes. She wouldn't give me a kiss. Her teacher was stood mm. right there. And mm. I said, are you not going to give me a kiss? And she just turned her back on me. And the teacher was like, oh God. And I was like, good luck. Mm -hmm. um, she was, uh, I can't even express how annoyed she was. The fact that she just didn't say anything, I thought was quite powerful in itself. You know, because normally if I'd have put a piece of music on when she was in that mood, she would have been like the whole time. And she didn't. And I really needed it. On the way back, I needed to calm myself down. And it and it did. Mm. It, it distracted me. Mm -hmm. It was a beautiful piece of music. And I felt great, actually. Lovely. It really worked. So then throughout the week, I... I didn't listen to it all the time, but I went for a, a quick 20 minute walk and I listened to a piece of classical music and it was, it was very nice. I, I never sort of sat down and just laid mm. down and listened to it because I just don't work that way. I think for me to go on the journey, like Ben was describing, go on the journey of the music, I would need to just sit there completely on it yeah. just solely without the distraction of the banana bread or the school run or the traffic or anything else or walking the dog. So I didn't give yeah. it that yeah. opportunity. I thought the pieces of music that they recommended were absolutely beautiful. There was one that they gave and I found it very, very sad. I can't remember. I think it was for, um, in fact, you sent it to me on a YouTube clip. And it was Arvo Part, Spiegel im Spiegel. It was so it was so beautiful, so beautiful. And actually there was one point when I was folding the washing. I mean, this is how exciting my life is. I was folding the washing, listening to it. And I had to stop at one point and I was just stood in my utility room, just listening. And I had this sort of overwhelming sense of sadness. And you know how Ben said, just let the, let the music do what it needs to do for you. And I kept, and I wish I'd known that before I'd listened to it because I kept thinking, I'm not feeling calm. I'm not feeling calm. Why am I not feeling calm? I'm thinking I'm doing it mm. wrong. But actually I wasn't doing it wrong. I was just having a different experience, which was this mm. overwhelming sadness. I found it a very beautifully sad mm. piece of music. It's, it's very powerful. Yeah. Uh, and I love classical music and I love music anyway. So for me, this felt like a bit of a cheat. I didn't really feel like I was doing much this week, but did I get a lot out of it? Absolutely. Do I give it enough time in my life? No. And I definitely want to make more space for it. Um, and then I said to my kids at the end of the week, we'll have a listen to this voice note. Yeah. Just in the car, no, trying to listen to the classical music. Do you like it girls? No. Why not? Because it sucks. Oh. <laughs> So that's how my kids feel about classical music. I think a lot of kids feel like that about classical music, sadly. 
And they were telling me that that's how they, that's what they do in their music lessons, right? They go through classical stuff. And so they just sort of automatically associate Mm -hmm. that with working or learning, you know, boring stuff. Um, And that was really my Mm. week. Okay. That was how I got on with my classical music. I really loved it, but we'll summarize it at the end. Okay. Very interesting because you and I seem to have had a pretty similar a pretty similar time. So I will I will start you off with my first audio. Wow, school run. Day one, classical music. I am listening to Classic FM. To be specific, the festive overture Opus 96 by Dmitry Shostakovich. Shostakovich, yes, I think that's correct. Uh, not the normal Capital Radio. So, going to see if it will decrease how many times I swear on this journey. I have managed four counts of for fuck's sake so far, um, which is possibly less than average. So, interested to see if it's going to chill me out while we do that all-important drive. So similar to you, uh, I do the school run and we always have capital on and we really like like the phone-ins and the quizzes and it's kind of part of our morning journey. The really weird thing was Josh just went completely quiet. He did not moan that it was classical music. He did not mention the fact that it was classical music and not capital. He just kind of silently accepted it. And we had this sort of quite calm, peaceful morning runs in the car. Bit weird. Bit weird. Nice. Yes. Nice. But extraordinary. It's like, it's almost like the baby Mozart mobile was on again. And he just went into that zone of like, oh, the music's playing. I'll just be quiet. I don't know. It was odd. Friday afternoon on the way home, he did complain. Um, He was like, okay, just, can you just put capital on now? And I thought, yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, the kid's done the whole week. So fair enough. Fair enough. I did twice, twice and they moaned. No, in the morning. This is just in the mornings. So yeah. Yeah. Most mornings. Uh, and then, uh, then the week moved on. May I ask, did you stick to the brief? Did you go off piste? Like what was the deal? Because I really did stick to the pieces of music that Ben suggested. And I listened to them over and over again. Yes, I did that. But when I was in the car, I listened to the McDonald's of classical music, classic FM. Is that the McDonald's of classical music? I ben think said it that was okay. Yeah. Ben said it was okay. I, I, I'm, I'm surprised Ben said it was okay because I was like worried to say I was listening to it because I thought he'd say, oh, literally, it's the Subway McDonald's KFC of classical music. Sometimes it is. Like they'll play Downton Abbey. You know, it's, I don't know. But it isn't doesn't... just classical music, classical music. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not an expert, but I, I stuck to the Being brief. very judgmental about the classical music. I I stuck to the brief, apart from in the car, when I listened to Classic FM. The reason being, I mean, do I really have to say it? Obviously, I don't know how to put the AirPlay car phone (laughs) stereo through to my car, Nicole. That's like so technically advanced for me. Oh, come on. I can't make a playlist. Tell everybody at home how you have printed your script off today from your phone. Come on, be proud. Well, you've, that was it. I printed it from my phone because I couldn't match the new printer to my laptop. Anyway, I'm technically in it. Can we just go into my second audio? Okay. I wasn't picking it to pieces. I was just curious. I didn't ask you to make a whole confession about the Yukon. Well, now I've, now I've confessed. Okay. I'll say three Hail Marys. 
classical music day two uh, it is passover soon and i've got a shit ton of cooking to do i've got chicken soup to make i've got lamb shanks to make i've got cinnamon balls to roll and i need something to elevate my mood keep me upbeat cooking and stirring in the kitchen so who better to accompany me than johann sebastian bach with his brandenburg concerto number three in g major that is what i'm cooking to this afternoon and i am loving it that's interesting because you said that you normally you like to cook in silence so how did you find it very mood elevating similar to you similar to you similar to you is that something you think you'll keep i might you know I actually really might because I it really did jolly me along. I also really appreciate you giving the full names of the composers and the piece and in what key they are in. If that if well, that's I what think it's, it's helpful. I think to it's. Our I think yes. I think they were very curious about that. Yeah, they were. I'm being sarcastic. So, um, Carry on. Well, I'm not. I think it's useful to know. I was doing the research for the show and doing emails and laptop stuff uh, over the weekend. And I was listening to the piece that Ben chose for us for calming, the piece that you were listening to while you were folding laundry. And I found myself crying. That's interesting. And I just wanted to listen to it again and again and again. I think it's about nine and a half minutes. So this piece was written for the piano and the violin, but I'm not a mad fan of the violin. More more a flute woman. Did you find the flute version? (laughs) No, I didn't. But what I did find was a piano and cello version. Um, And then I played it to Ollie because he was reading the papers in the kitchen. And he was like, oh my God, I love, I love that piece of music. And actually I was watching them because it was on YouTube, this version. I was watching them play it while listening to it, which actually added a whole new dimension. And then I sent it to my father-in-law because he is a great lover of classical music and he also plays the piano. And interestingly, he said to me, do you know, I have never heard, I had never heard this piece of music until a few months ago when an old college friend died. And because we couldn't go to the funeral, we were sent some pieces of music to kind of meditate on while the funeral was happening. Mm-hmm. He said, and this was one of the pieces of music. He said, but I can't believe you found this cello version because if it's even more beautiful. I was like, yes. Anyway, this is what I had to tell you that I found kind of amazing and it really opened my eyes to the effect that classical music can have on people. And it really brought home to me how it can be self-care. So Spiegel im Spiegel, it's German, it means mirror in the mirror. And um, Arvo Part's idea was to propose a piece of music in which everyone can observe himself as a reflective surface, get naked and deal with himself. So it's interesting that you and I both felt very emotional when we listened to it. This is what blew me away. On YouTube, there was a whole hundreds and hundreds of comments written by people about this particular piece of music. And I had to read you some of them because this this is what I mean. You'll understand what I mean, okay? This is some of them. 10 years ago, my niece was born. She wasn't thriving. Her body couldn't get rid of fluids. Her body was ragged. The family was told not to hope. My brother got a recording of this piece of music and told the staff in infant ICU to play it constantly next to her. Gradually, her breathing came to match the steady, slow rhythm of the music and her body began to function normally. He accredited this piece to her recovery. She is a beautiful, healthy girl who loves to dance. Oh, wow. 
A very good friend died a few days ago. When I visited him, his wife would play a lot of classical music and sometimes this song would come on. And she said it always brought to mind imagining the first few steps into heaven. Oh my goodness. Oh, you just made me go cold. Right. Uh, Then someone else said, with everything happening in the world today, this was the soothing antidote I needed. Self-quarantine can be depressing and terrifying. I am all of a sudden calmed by this elegant, sweet, magical peace. And then I love this one. The first time I had a panic attack in front of my boyfriend at the time, he just held me and turned on this song. I cried as we listened to the whole thing. Now we're playing this song as I walk down the aisle. Love it, right? And then this was the last one. I work in a coffee shop. We usually play jazz and folk music throughout the day. One day after I told everyone that we were closing up, they had to go up. They had to go home. I put on this song. Everyone shuffled out the door. There was only one woman left. She was cleaning up a stack of papers she was reading and she told me she'd be she would be on her way out but I told her to take her time as I was counting the till register she came up to the counter and asked if she could stay till the song was over I told her that was fine 10 minutes later she came up to the counter with tears on her cheeks and said thank you I needed that I've always felt a profound attachment to this song a solace a place to go to think about just about anything I still wonder what was going on inside of her listening to this it was just actually quite incredible how everyone can listen to an individual piece of music and take away something or find comfort or uh, you know it uh, it blew me away actually and I, I think that goes across the board of music that's what music yeah. brings out and you're not just classical music but yeah. again going back to what ben said the beauty of it is that it's more o- open to interpretation because there aren't words which we attach meaning to that you can yes. just you can have any experience you want to yes. as long as you're open yes. to it. Yes. And exactly. I think that's the beauty of classical music, isn't it? Over, yeah. you know, theatrical music or pop music or jazz music or anything else with a yeah. lyric. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Should we summarize? Please. What worked for you? I felt affected. And I felt <laughs> moved. I felt moved. I'm saying this like seriously. No, no, you're like, no sorry. No, I'm not taking the piss. I'm taking. I'm not taking the piss. It wasn't a word I expected to come out of you saying affected. And affected can have some negative connotations. So I was no, being. I was I, being I t- juvenile. Yeah. I apologise. There were no negative things that came out of it. I just. I kind of. I got pleasure. I got pleasure from listening to it and it did change how I was feeling. It had a real effect yes. on, on my mood. Yes. What about you? I mean, I baked banana bread. I baked ve- yes. vegan banana bread. Um, <laughs> 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 it was very nice. It was very I'm nice. Sure it, was it was a bit heavy delicious. on the cinnamon, but that's not what we're talking <laughs> yeah. about. Um, Cause it's okay. not a week of baking. I, I loved it. Anything to do with music and I am totally in. Um, I think what Mm. didn't work for me was that I didn't give it the space to just sit and be with the music. I didn't allow that this week and I should have done. Well, you did. You did in your laundry room. You did. I know, but I'm more sort of go and sit in the garden and just take a quiet moment and have a cup of coffee and shut my eyes and, you know, that kind of thing. I didn't do that. Mm. I should have done that. But you know you can do that this week. I'm you going to. I'm going to. Do you? Is it something you'll continue to use? Yeah, it, it is. I I think I actually felt a bit. I felt a bit ashamed 
that I was, I'm 43 and I'm so kind of ignorant about such a huge universe. It made me feel a bit, yeah, a little bit ashamed of myself, to be honest. Oh, that's not what that's not what the self care club is supposed to do. By the way, we we are supposed to do the opposite. We're here to champion and empower, not to bring shame I to know, ourselves. I just felt like God. Look at look look at all this stuff. Look what exists out there, and I've kind of shut my mind off to it, or I've shut myself off to it. It's not something I've I've like gone into, and what a shame. Do you think you will feel that way towards the world of exercise? I don't want to talk about the world of exercise. <laughs> that you're happy to shut yourself away from. Okay. Yes, I am. What, what did you learn? I didn't feel shame at all. I just no. felt pleasure. Um, what did I learn? I learned that I really do love classical music. I learned mm. that it really should be a bigger part of my life. And I kind mm. of use it when I'm at a stressful zone in my head. So I kind of use it as a tool anyway, but I mm. didn't have any awareness about that. And that's what this week has brought up for me. Like, oh my God, I do use classical music for self-care. When I really need to sit down and focus or I need to calm myself down and get something done, then I always put on classical music. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah. It what is, did you learn? Actually. That I do have definitely have distinct preferences. I really like Chopin. I really like Bach. I really don't like trumpets or violins that much. And there kind of is a place for that rousing Germanic music sometimes, but it's just not my first choice. So I think I very quickly learned my own personal preferences. That was kind of what I learned. It's interesting that you don't like the violin and your parents didn't also like the violin. Didn't like the violin. Yeah. I, I don't think my parents don't like the violin. I think what they didn't want was a child learning the violin and having to listen to <laughs> that noise. I think if a professional musician was like renting a room in our house, they would be delighted. But the sort of thought of a child How likely going, is that? How, how likely is that? Well, my parents never rented a room to anyone in their lives, but I'm just exactly. saying, I don't, especially I don't to a violinist. Would, <laughs> I don't think they would book at like a violin concert, but me, you know, strangling a cat up in the bedroom every evening, I think they, they felt they could do without that. That was the problem there. <laughs> Will you recommend this to your clients? Well, I've already recommended it to my father-in-law and my husband. Is and he your client? Is he due anytime soon? My father-in-law is <laughs> not currently pregnant. <laughs> Holly is also not currently pregnant. Um, I definitely would recommend it to my clients. Yes. Would you? Of course I would. It's, it's yeah. so calming and so beautiful and so joyous and recommend it to anyone. Absolutely. And it's yeah. so accessible. That's what I love about this practice. Yes. It's free. It's accessible. You can get it anywhere. You can type in classical music and you've got it immediately. And it's just brilliant. Yeah. And so, da, 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 I feel like we need a rousing little piece of classical music hitting into the big question. Hit is it, it coming Blondine. In- <laughs> is it coming in the club? I'm, w- I'm waiting for the big, big finale. And yes. yes. It's coming yes, in the club. Of course it's coming in the club. We should have it on in the background all the time. Well, Ben can choose the theme tune. 
I don't yeah. want that responsibility. I'll leave it to Ben and Morwenna. But it would be nice to have it in the background in certain different rooms. Mm, it would or be. Maybe, could we have one of those dark rooms? You get them in like really, really nice spas and really comfy chairs and blankets. And it's like pitch black with a couple of candles. And you can go and have sort of like cucumber Sex. water. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that crossed over in recording. It's a public room. It's for people to go and sit and chill the fuck out. Well, oh, okay. This is not. This is not sweet. What's all club? Are you creating it? Mine's about wellness, okay? And calm. Sex comes and into wellness. It does. It. I knew you were going to say that. Of course, it does. I just don't want people having sex in the club, like wherever they walk, because okay, so that would to, make it really seedy. <laughs> to clarify, we're not having an orgy people room are- in the club. <laughs> I wasn't aware that ever needed clarifying, but yes. <laughs> okay, there's no orgy room. Okay. No, no one is having sex okay. in the club. Okay. So thank you for listening. We will be back on Friday with our epilogue show with more science and studies about classical music and why it's good for your health. Um, in the meantime, you can come and follow us on Instagram at selfcareclubpod or if you want to chat with us and share anything that you'd like with us or just tell us how fantastic you think the show is come email us hello at selfcareclub.co.uk or leave us a review on Apple because we really appreciate those and we'll be back on Friday look after yourselves take care and go listen to some classical music bye bye this was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. The Motherkind Podcast explores how to feel happier, more confident, and empowered in your motherhood, even in our world of pressure, judgment, and comparison. I'm your host, Zoe Blasky, and every week I speak to an incredible expert to share actionable steps and powerful lessons to living your life as a mother with more joy and unapologetic confidence. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, just search Motherkind. <laughs>